0: welcome to episode 14 of the lunchroom chatter podcast look before i start those of y'all who listen and share this podcast with your friends on instagram facebook snapchat i mean i really appreciate that i mean i really do like i checked the numbers last week like from episode one until now like the numbers are steadily going up that lets me know that you guys are listening you guys are tuned in you guys are sharing it are sharing this podcast with your friends because to be honest when I started this podcast um I didn't I didn't even think I was gonna make it to episode five to be honest but the fact I am at episode 14 and during the week when I be at work I'm always thinking about topics or ways I can I can be creative you know to keep you guys entertained along with having me tell on well having me give pure honesty and me be blunt and me being forthcoming about myself and about who i am as a person and about just give y'all guys an in-depth analysis as to as to how i think about certain situations so the fact that you guys stay tuned and i appreciate that but this is episode 14 man i feel like this week i'm i'm probably gonna say a lot of shit that some of y'all might not agree with. Um, I'm probably gonna say a lot of shit because today we're talking about Malik Yoba. I know y'all seen the fucking interview with Malik Yoba. He has been in the news the past couple weeks because he came out and says and said he is attracted to transgender. Men, woman. I mean, I don't really know the correct terms. It's too much, too many fucking letters in the LBGTPQ. R-S-T-U-V bitch I don't know It's too many fucking letters But if you follow me on Instagram You know I support Gay people I don't have an issue with gay people I don't have an issue with transgenders I don't have an issue with nobody We get one life Like however you decide to live Your one fucking life I support that I am never Going to talk down, hate someone Or criticize someone for living their life the way they should, but this week on my Instagram, also which is NYC underscore stories seven one eight, um, I asked a question in my Instagram stories, and the question was, if your if your boyfriend or girlfriend decided they wanted a new career, and that career was to becoming an actor, now. Make believe your significant other is a struggling actor. But now they have their big break. But in this new movie. They have to engage in a heated. Sex scene. With. Holly Berry. Of course it's not real sex because it's a movie. But ladies make believe. Your man is fucking harley Berry for about ten minutes in a fucking movie. Ass naked, you see his dick. They see his chest, his back. You know everything is there. Your man is sucking titties. Your man is doing everything to become a big actor. Now on the flip side, men, I pose the question: What if your lady had the fuck James St. Patrick? Now y'all watch Power. Y'all see the what y'all see. What the fuck be going down in Power? Nigga James be blowing bitches back out. Imagine that's your girl. But um, I plan to call up two of my friends now. I'm not sure if they're going to pick up the fucking phone. But I'm going to call two of my friends. And I'm going to ask them that question. If you are in a relationship now. Or if you are in the future. Based on how you are in your mentality. Would you be okay with them having a heated long sex scene for a movie we talked about that in more on episode 14 of the lunchroom chatter podcast and um as i said this week i might say some dumb shit and i feel like a good song to start this podcast is the new song by my guy busy crook that is b-i-z-z-y crook he released a new single this past friday called bust the move so if any of y'all motherfuckers don't like what i say today come find me nigga bust the move bitch but look um you're not gonna find me because if i see any one of y'all motherfuckers out here trying to beat my fucking ass up i'm gone but this is busy crook with bust move episode 14 bitches
1: Position and still didn't help me out. I just went hard with it, cleaning for all it is. All of a sudden, I'm the one that's selling out. You can call me what you want, we ain't never had no luck. I remember when my shawty was pregnant, my phone got shut off, couldn't pay it for months. I remember back when Will were and I came to the funeral with work in the trunk. About to have a jit thinking I ain't good enough, man, that shit was depressing as fuck. I had to bust a bustle move with some savage shit, being broke, suck, can't go back again. Mama thinking that those shoes and those packages, she disowned me if she knew what I'm trafficking. All she had to do was look through the mattresses. Driving with my daughter, chalk full of and. Fuck depression, nigga pulling me back in it. Woke up one day like I knew I'm a immaculate Then I got up from up, bottom Said I'm never going fucking broke again Fucking started selling dope again Hit the Gucci store and overspin I had a bustle a move I had to let that frustration out Fuck with them niggas been hating about Can't let that energy weigh me down I had a bustle a move I couldn't wait on nobody else Don't give a fuck how them niggas feel I had to do it without a deal I had a bustle a move I had a bust a move on them niggas. I had a bust a move on the niggas. I had a bust a move on them niggas. I had to a bust a move. I had a bus a move. I had to let that frustration out. Fuck with them niggas when hating bout. Can't let that energy weigh me down. Yo, it was just me alone praying. I see at home, bumping, shot, they 100 passing the kid. So 100 years of police on my vehicle. Shit was foggy, but I still had to see it. though. So. I had to run it. I had to fund it. I didn't have nothing. My legs were broken. I didn't have crutches. They turn they best. I just said, fuck it. I was down in my last 100. Nigga really had to make a shake. Had to make a wave. Daughters on the way. Had to bust a move. Nigga said it, love me, lying to my face. Pressure turned me to an alcoholic. Ain't no day ones was calling Now they hit me cause I'm balling Now they hit me, I ignore it My daughter was coming, I'm tossing and turning The pressure was on me, my pockets was hurting The bridges was burning, the devil was working I ran out of money, that shit was concerning I bust the moves I had to hit a lid. I had a resurrect I had to press reset Yo, fuck all that talking and fuck being humble, man It's how you rap when nobody can touch you I want all the smoke, I can't open the stove. Just get your money, don't let nobody sell you I bust the moves, I ain't have shit to lose Man, I had to pull it through I gotta take care too I had to bust the moves I had to let that frustration out Fuck who them niggas been hating about Can't let that energy weigh me down I had to bust the moves I couldn't wait on nobody else Don't give a fuck how them niggas feel I had to do it without a deal I had a bust a move I had a bust a move when them niggas I had a bust a move when them niggas I had a bust a move on them niggas I had a bust a move I had to let that frustration out Fuck with them niggas when he ain't about Can't let that energy weigh me down
0: That right there was my guy Busy Crook with Bust a Move Stay tuned, Lunchroom Chatter, episode 14.
2: Census allegation, too, um, if you search your name on social media, so, um, some sex workers have come forward um, saying that you've long solicited sex and trans women, and because of this, you've been criticizing for fetishizing trans women and not having intimate and loving relationships with them. So what would you say to that? I don't know what you're talking about. So we've gone on social media and we found people who have said this. And so. So social media now is the truth. That's the people repository. Faces, yeah. Their faces on it. So we were just asking if you had anything to say about that. So you and I said before, I'm asking is that we, we're having a conversation. What did conversation. you say? I said the more that we're talking, the more I'm just concerned. So I'm generally concerned. What did you, concerned. you say? I said that the more that it looks bad for you. That's really? That's what I'm saying. Yes, sir. This looks bad for me. Yes, because I'm, I'm asking you a number no, 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 of no. questions. We're done, bro. Okay. We're done. It looks bad for me because like I chose to come in and speak to you about what you do. And what I've done, it looks bad for me. It's a setup. I don't like this. Okay. We said that we were going to focus on policy and we did we and we, also, focus, and we, and we also and we and we also stand said, on and we also said and we and we also
1: I don't also said, this at all and no, we had a conversation no, 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 about a white thing
2: this shit all homie. I I don't we just like, not we fucking, fucking discussed for four fucking hours you with allegations Tony the fuck is wrong with you it started to just the fuck is
1: wrong with you there are we sat for four
0: fucking hours we sat with me that right there was malikio but going off on an interviewer for asking him about allegations in regards to transgender woman that he's dealt with in the past. Now, as y'all know, I'm not I'm not biased. I don't pick sides, but to be fair, before I even dive into my critique, if it is true that Malik Yoba and this gentleman sat down for four hours. And they came to terms, both of them, that we are going to speak about this. And the allegations will not be. Part of the interview, if that was what they both came to terms with, then I can understand his frustration, especially with him saying this is a setup. Because sometimes interviewers will do that. You know, let the person know, look, we're not going to speak about these allegations. But then when the camera is on and the lights are on and they know that they can get a viral moment, they flip the script because they know by them saying this, so and so is going to react a certain way. And now we have that on camera and now we can put that out and now we can have a viral moment that leads to views and revenue. But what the fuck is Malik Yoba talking about? Even going back to his interview with the Breakfast Club where he said, "I like transgenders sexually, romantically, etc., but I'm not gay." Now, oh, this shit is fucking mind-blowing to me. Because me being from New York City and working downtown, you know, downtown in Soho, me living in Atlanta now where I see transgenders every day. A lot of transgenders still have dicks. Now, I can understand that some transgenders undergo the full, you know, surgery to where they have their dick removed and etc. cetera. I can understand that. But it's still a man. But let me say this now before I even dive deeper, because I don't want nobody saying, you know, why are you being homophobic? I'm not homophobic. If you follow me on Instagram, which is NYC underscore story seven one eight, then, you know, I am not fucking homophobic. I'm always down for gay people, transgenders, everybody living their life the way they want to live it. Because as I always say, we get one life, we get one life and no one. No one on Instagram, no one in your family, no politicians, no lawmakers, the president, no one should be able to tell someone how they should live their life, who they should love, who they should sleep with, what they should do, because everything I just named is not affecting you no way. None of what I just said is affecting your personal life, is affecting your ability to put food on the table is affecting your ability to make money your family so if you have an issue with gay people that's something within you i don't have an issue with gay people but getting back to malik yoba nigga you gay nigga you are gay you are g-a-y nigga you gay if you like transgenders you are gay like he's doing too much fucking flip-flopping right now You know, I like transgenders. I'm trans attracted. What? what? Why the fuck we got a new term every week? I'm trans attracted, but I'm not gay. Nigga, you gay. Look, now, I don't know who the fuck you was fucking with in the transgender community, but I'm sure some of them motherfuckers had dicks and you was sucking that shit. Nigga, you was sucking that dick. Nigga, you was deep Nigga, you was sucking the dick. You were sucking that dick, Malik Yoba. And look, I understand, look, but look, what the man asked him about the fucking allegations. The fact that, you know, I guess someone came out, a couple people, and said that they were taken advantage of and things of that nature. But I can understand what the interviewer said where he said, the longer these allegations remain, and they're not talked about it looks bad for you even going back to bill cosby where um like fucking 99 women came out and accused bill cosby of doing that that nasty shit and he said nothing he didn't speak about it in the media cuz as we know now especially like i always say in the social media age if allegations come out and you don't speak on it and you don't jump out in front and say something, the public automatically assumes, nigga, you guilty. Nigga, you did that shit. Nigga, what the fuck? 50 Cent Set in Power? Whatever Ghost did, he did that shit. Like that's just the way people assume these days in this fucking massive social media atmosphere. But Malik Yoba looked like he's about to knock this nigga out. Nigga, I thought Malik Yoba was going to swing on this motherfucker. Like, did you see Malik Yoba sit forward? Nigga, you know in the black community, anytime a nigga sit forward and like he got that shoulder posture, nigga, you might get knocked the fuck out. But the nigga that was interviewing, he stood up like, nigga, what? Nigga, you going to swing? I'm going to swing back, nigga. I'm going to knock the transgender out your big black ass. But Malik, yo, but calm down. You are facing allegations. So, of course, when you go do interviews, people, they might ask about that shit because people, they care what's in the fucking media. So you can't get mad when people ask you questions that are in the media. It's like when Chris Brown was on Good Morning America a couple years back. And um, what was her name? Robin, whatever her name was. She asked him a question and he got mad and stormed off, took his shirt off. Nigga threw a chair through the fucking window because they asked him about allegations. Now I understand you are a celebrity and you feel that, oh, you know, I should be given a certain kind of leeway because of my celebrity to where you can't ask me that. Nigga Malik, yo, but get used to it. But first look, yo, I need you to go on another fucking interview I know you're going to be on Hollywood Unlocked soon. And I know Jason Lee. Jason Lee is going to ask you these tough ass questions. And this is why I love Jason Lee of Hollywood Unlocked. Along with, you know, Damage and Melissa Ford. I love them because they ask these fucking hard ass questions. That is why I cannot wait for Malik Yoba to go on Hollywood Unlocked. Because Jason Lee already said he going to ask him. Malik Yoba have you sucked a dick before have you played with a dick and that is the shit I want to know so I'm looking forward to that interview on Hollywood Unlocked I'm looking forward to them asking him these tough ass questions because they're not gonna let Malik Yoba go up there and and like tap dance around the shit they're not gonna let that happen man but uh we're gonna take a break I gotta pay some bills and next up we're gonna dive a little into the question i posed on instagram in regards to if your spouse was an actor and they decided to shoot a movie and they had a heavy intense passionate sex scene in that movie to advance their career would you be okay with that stay tuned more coming soon on lunchroom chatter podcast Welcome back to Lunchroom Chatter Podcast, man. So for this segment, um, I had planned to call a couple of my friends, but as I text them to let them know. Hey, look, um, I'ma call some of y'all motherfuckers for this for this segment so I can hear y'all opinions verbally as opposed to if you are in a relationship with someone and that person decides I want to become an actor or an actress. And the first role they book is a role where they have to have sex with Holly Berry. I'm speaking in terms of if you are a woman and your man has decided to become an actor, your man's first role is to have a heated, long sex scene with Holly Berry. Wow, it is not real sex. Wow, his dick is not physically inside of her. How would you feel if your man Was to engage in that act, even though it is "quote unquote" his job. How would you feel? But the fact that I'm recording this podcast during the week, motherfuckers, is at work. That is 100% my fault. Something told me to record this podcast segment on the weekend when niggas was um when niggas was home. And they could have answered the fucking phone. But I take, of course, I, I'm not going to just call nobody randomly because I don't, you know, my numbers are going up. My viewer numbers are steadily going up because of people. People are listening. People are sharing. People are, you know, having conversations in regards to what I say on the podcast. So I don't want to call nobody randomly. And then they pick up the phone and like they speak freely. Thinking, oh i'm speaking to my friend this is not going to be heard or circulated but with social media you never know you might post something you might have 10 followers two of those followers might take that clip and repost it and then who knows it might spread like wildfire and then now what you said is now affecting you in real life so i let them know look i'm about to call you real quick but niggas is at work but thank god for text messaging man i text my friend ashley man I let her know if you are in a relationship and your spouse tells you they want to become an actor but their but the first role they book they have to have a heated long sex scene with harley Berry. would you be okay with it and this is what she said honestly it depends on the type of relationship we have and how seriously it is but me personally i would be okay with it if i've entrusted this man with my life there's not only a physical attraction but we are also spiritually connected on a level that I only share with him a sex scene in a movie with Harley Berry, quotations who is an older woman in her prime while they are not partaking in the actual act of sex it would not faze me my man is just that that's my man that's what the fuck i'm talking about man you see like answers like that look at both sides of the equation now i understand you might have a nigga that's fucked up a nigga that do dumb shit a nigga that may take that acting role and the fact that he is able to physically touch harley Berry and have that connection some niggas might take that and run with it and try to fuck harley Berry away from the movie set But like she said This is your man If you and your man are Attracted physically Emotionally Spiritually Everything You have to understand and accept that What your man is doing is not because He wants to fuck someone else Your man has a job to do Now to advance In the role Well I would assume because I'm not an actor But to advance in that in that in that occupation I would assume that if you are blessed with roles like this if you say no they're not going to hire you and someone else is going to come behind you and say yes and that is is just a role that you fucked up or blew because you decided not to do what someone else would now this takes me back to Even in regards to Carmelo Anthony and Lala. Because if we look at power and then you look at real life in regards to the situations they have. Some negative in regards to Carmelo Anthony cheating or whatever the case may be. But I just wonder from a man's perspective. And this is where I wish I can speak to Carmelo Anthony personally. Because I want to know from him. Not me assuming or not social media assuming how Carmelo Anthony feels. I want to ask Camelo Anthony personally. Now, while I feel Lala is not the best actress because I don't like how she delivers her lines, her career is taking off in the acting world. And that is something I can agree with. She's on power she's has um she has had roles in other shows um i saw online that she has a role in the upcoming season of the shy she is working on a spinoff with 50 cent so her acting career is taking off but what i want to ask camilla was that some of these sex scenes in power it's not just a just let me kiss you and let me hug you it's full on simulated sex so I just wanted to know how people felt because I started thinking about how Carmelo Anthony may feel in regards to Lala doing that. Now I understand he may have cheated in the past. I understand that. So ladies, please don't jump down my throat because I am looking at both sides of the equation. I was just having a thought about that and then I figured I'll just relay that message and, and I wanted to know how people felt so if you are listening right now just think to yourself and you can reply um to me on instagram which is nyc underscore story 718 or you can reply to my email which is webster0720 at icloud.com and let me know if you are in a relationship now and your spouse decides they want to become an actor or an actress and they have to engage in a long sex scene how would you feel so let me know hit me on Instagram or hit me in that email and I'll talk about it on a future episode but coming up we're talking about something that's it's kind of tough to talk about but we all have been watching the news so we all have seen what is going on in regards to the case the trial the trial that has taken over the country so next up closing thoughts by me lunchroom chatter podcast episode 14 <sighs> welcome back to the lunchroom chatter podcast episode 14 um for this last segment, I want to be serious for a second. Because this case has been on my mind since it happened. So for those y'all who are living under a rock, I'm talking about the case of. Amber Geiger. Killing Mr. Botham John. Amber Geiger. Was a police officer. Slash is. I'm not sure exactly where it stands now. She showed up at the wrong apartment. While this man was eating ice cream and relaxing in his apartment, I repeat in his own apartment. Prosecutor said that, you know, she was having a, I guess, a a text conversation or she was on the phone with another cop who she was having an affair with. Now, I'm not sure if that, quote unquote, altered her judgment. But this man was in his own apartment. She claimed she got off at the wrong floor. Her key didn't fit into the apartment. So when she got inside the apartment, she thought Botham John was an intruder. And she then proceeded to shoot him dead in his own apartment. But there are so many factors there while watching the entire trial to where I find it hard to believe. The man had a doormat. That was not your doormat. So number one, you show up at an apartment that you think is yours. Shit is not the same. He has a doormat, something you don't have. You try putting your key in the door. Your key does not fit. Never then do you think to yourself, oh, shit. I must be at the wrong fucking apartment. No, you continue to get in. Now, I'm not sure 100%. If she managed to get in. Or if he heard the commotion at his front door. With someone trying to get in and he went and opened the door. Now, I'm not sure. No one knows, but her and both them, John. As opposed to what happened. But this this man ended up dead in his own apartment. Now, I wanted to speak about this because we all know by now she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Which to me is nothing. My son is four years old. She's going to get out in 10 years. Probably less. With good behavior. In the fact that she is a police officer. So she will be out. Of prison. Before my son even starts high school. Or right as he starts high school. That was the worth of this man's life. But the part that 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 kind of touched me. And this is why I kind of don't want to speak on it for too long because. I did get emotional watching it yesterday. Was when both of John's younger brother was on where he spoke after the sentencing. He was on the stand and he spoke to Amber Geiger directly. Who was the woman who killed his brother. Now, Once he did what he did, and I'm sure we have all seen it when he spoke so eloquently and so passionately to Amber Geiger. And then he proceeded to go down there and hug her. Once he did it, I knew the kind of reaction that was going to invoke online. Because we live in this day and age where people criticize other people for not. Reacting in a way that they would react Botham John's brother is 18 years old he is dealing with grief in his own way this is the way he is processing dealing with his grief and trying to heal because to be blunt to keep it 100 everybody online who is following the case now in the moment Within the next four to five months, both them John is not going to be on our mind, and that is a fact this happens all the time when when a case hits the forefront or hits the news, everybody is so dialed in everybody is so is so passionate about the case because it is current. But as time moves on, four months, six months, a year, two years. The people, the only people who are left still thinking about the person who has passed away is the family. So for people online to criticize this young man and tell, well, and and make comments such as, why the fuck you going to hug your brother's killer? Why is the white woman always getting compassion from black men? The shit makes no sense. This is an 18 year old. He's a kid. He's a kid. So he has the rest of his life to live. Mr. Botham was his brother, not ours. Everybody is impassionate. And connected and feel attached to the case, obviously, because of the details in regards to what happened. And then we form our opinion and shape our emotions based off those details. But this young man is his brother. He feels the best way for him to to heal. And to become whole again over time. is to forgive her. And he has that right. But when he spoke and he told her. I don't even want you to go to jail. I don't want you to die because this is not what my brother would want. I don't see how people can criticize this young man for getting up there and having the courage. To deal with his healing in his own way. Now, if that was my situation, would I have done that, I mean, it is easy for me to say no when I think about my family and the way I would react had someone killed someone in my family, but healing is is difficult It's difficult. That's why like seeing him speak and just seeing him fight back those tears like it was just it was tough to watch. Especially when he spoke about God and about her finding God, and the fact that I don't hate you, and the fact that I'm up here speaking right now for myself. I am not speaking on behalf of my family because my family, they may not forgive you, was basically what he said. My family may hate you, my family may want you to die. But speaking for myself, not my family, that is not what I want. It was tough, man. But the fact that she got 10 years in prison, that shit is crazy. The only part that surprised me was when the judge came down. And gave her a hug like that shit was kind of weird. Now, I understand all law enforcement stick together. Judges, cops, everybody is just unified. But she could have done that shit behind closed doors. But for her to go down there right after he hugged her and join the hugging and then give her a Bible. It just was like, OK, now the shit is kind of weird. And the shit was kind of not adding up. But um, I hate to end this podcast off on a somber note, but. I just had to add that in there because I was touched. But like I said, everybody online can give their opinion as to. What this young man should have done. But within four to five months. None of us are still going to. Even think about. Mr. Botham John. But his brother will. Because that is his family. So everybody online. Telling this young man. How to grieve. How to react. And how to. Deal with his own personal healing. The shit is just wrong. But thank you guys for listening to this episode this is episode 14 lunchroom chatter podcast man love yourself love your family love your friends because as we see time and time again tomorrow is not promised so if you feel a kind of way today if there's someone out there who you love and someone who you care about let them know because you can say to yourself I'm not going to tell them right now. I'm going to wait until tomorrow. But tomorrow may never come. This is episode 14 Lunchroom Chatter Podcast.